Thanks for listening to Raceru Radio. Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to take a moment to remind you about Raceru Fitness, our fitness side of things. We've got personal training, we've got custom built plans, we've got pre built plans. So, what are your goals? You tell me right now. You want to build some strength? You want to put on some muscle? Maybe you just want to cut some body fat. Or maybe you're looking to do an obstacle course race for the first time or the hundredth time and you're just looking for a plan that's going to make you a little bit more efficient. We've got a lot of plans for a lot of people because we know everyone is a little different. They have individual goals and we feel it's best to meet you where you're at. So if you're ready to start your fitness journey or continue your fitness journey, we uh, would like to hear from you. So find us on Facebook, Instagram, or racerroofitness.com. Send us a message, give us a call, and we'll be ready to uh, get the plan built to get you in the direction you want to go. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jordan, what's up? No, not too much. Just got done watching uh, the uh, first Saturday of Pennsylvania Speed Week up here. Um, pretty good race. Awesome. I'm down here, obviously still in North Carolina, but beautiful night. Um, I'm actually recording out on my uh, back deck. Uh, I've got, actually got the UFC fight on, muted on the TV here, um, just under the pergola with the lights on, hanging out. So I uh, thought it'd be nice to record. So if you hear the bugs in the background, that's that's why. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I don't hear any bugs in the background. Well, that's cool. We don't want we don't want extra interference, especially after the mess from last week. Sorry about the uh, the the poor quality of uh, recording last week, guys. That was uh, that was not a great thing. But um, thank you all who hit hit that. Uh, you know, you at least hit play or uh, that you, you listen to it, even if you didn't. So um, we're into NASCAR's off week, the one cup off week this season. But uh, I know Jordan obviously just finished watching some dirt stuff. So we got some dirt news. There was SRX um, and F1 was in Canada. So we got a couple of those things to talk about. Shouldn't take too long, but um, Jordan, I'm curious because I know you said you went fishing last night. How did that go? Um, pretty good. Um, we uh, must have found the only hole that the baby basses were in um, because <laughs> we were catching little teeny tiny bass. I mean, there wasn't big ones, but, hey, we were catching something. And apparently my freshwater curse is broken because we went fishing again today, and we were catching them again. So, um can't really complain if I'm catching fish, whether they're big, small, or, you know, whatever. But, you know, today kind of – the crappy part about today was there was two of them that swallowed the hook, and I tried to do fish CPR and save both of them. I got the hooks out eventually, but it just wasn't good enough to be able to save both. So um, two little bass lost their life before it started. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been you know, there. That, that happens sometimes, you know what I mean? You try your, your hardest. I mean, I – I was working with the one for 20 minutes to try and get the hook out. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. I, I've been there though. I've, I've had that happen before and uh, thrown the fish back and kind of see it just kind of limping there and not really going anywhere. And then about five minutes later, I looked down and the, it, the thing was in a gigantic turtle's mouth. Yeah. The, the one, the first one today, 
it was like I, I I cut the hook, like I cut the line off and I put it back in the water and he started swimming sideways. And I was like, oh, no. And he started swimming in a circle. So I reached out and actually grabbed him and I would try and get the hook out for a couple minutes. And then I'd put him back in the water and let him breathe. And I was trying it, but I think he was just he had the hook in too far. And yeah. I finally got it out, but it just it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. Well, what are you hitting them on? You hitting them on those whopper ploppers? No, we're actually using a uh, good old fashioned worms and sinkers. Texas rigged. Um, sure. <laughs> Is it, are you using real worms or uh, plastic worms? Real worms. We're doing. We're, okay. we're doing the. We're doing the same thing we normally do, like fishing in the bay, just fishing from the side. Gotcha. 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 Well, that's awesome. Uh, we went on Father's Day, but. Um, we went to put the kayak in, and turns out that the uh, the lake we were going to had their dock closed, so there was no anything on the water. <laughs> Won't be till next month, so we just kind of fished off the pier for a little bit. Really, just kind of practiced uh, casting and retrieving is is all we really did. But me and Kaylee yeah. had a good time with that. So, yeah, the the actually kind of blew you away. So I don't know if you remember Lake William and Lake Redmond. Yep. Um, so Lake William is actually completely drained. There's no water in it. It looks really weird. Um, and Lake Redmond is actually very low. You can actually walk down to where parts of where the lake actually normally is normally up to. Um, they're fixing a dam over at Lake William. And I think they're doing some damn work at Lake Redmond. So both of them are low right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I bet that's really interesting. Is that where you guys went fishing or did you go somewhere else? No, that's where we went. We went to Redmond, and uh, we found a, like I said, I guess we found a little bass pocket, and we were just throwing them out there and catching some bass. Well, awesome, awesome. All right, well, guys, we wanted to. I wanted to start this week off. Now, Jordan, I don't know what your stance is, but so um, you feel free to 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 chime in or or not on this one. I'm gonna take a break from the the normal, you know, fitness and health stuff that we talk about um related to exercise and and diet and all that normal stuff and i'm just gonna kind of touch light on the uh the ruling that came out this week um now this is just my opinion you know 14 years ago i'm 34 right now 14 years ago i probably would have been like this is a great day this is the best thing that could have happened um you know i i feel like as part of my maturity um growing from you know young kid in college or, you know, trade school that I went to, uh, to, to kind of understanding a little bit of the world better. I've come to learn really my, my complete lack of understanding when it comes to, uh, the abortion, wh- whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and here's, here's what I've really, really come to. It's, no, the the idea I think a lot of people tend to have is that it's you are pro-abortion or you're anti-abortion, and it's not the case. Um, you're either anti-abortion or you're, uh, you, yeah, you're either anti-abortion or you're for women's choices. That's really what it is, and that's the we're not even talking about the same thing. So that's what I think where a lot of the disconnect comes with this. Um, now, in my opinion, you can be anti-abortion and you can, but you can also be 
for women's health and women's rights to choose. And I think that that is that that's where we're, we're getting messed up. A lot of people are getting messed up because they're not understanding what they're really even talking about. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get into the, the, is it right? Is it wrong? I'm just telling you that my, in my evolution, I've come to understand that it's, it's not about what I think it's about what's right for women and what they decide is right for their bodies at the time. I'm against what the, this, this Roe v. Wade getting overturned. Um, unless, unless and now Roe v. Wade's pretty old, unless something ends up getting, you know, written better. I don't know how to, how to define that because I, you know, I'm not well read on the intricacies of Roe v. Wade, but you know, it's not like it was perfect to begin with. Something better comes along out of it. Yeah, that's all for it. I'm just saying I I listen to – I have spent a lot of time listening to my wife. I've spent a lot of time listening to other people that I know in my life. And the absolute crap that is what we call women's health care, how terrible it actually is, it's, it's a freaking joke. And so I'm not going to get into here about, you know, whether or not uh, abortion is right or wrong here with anyone. I'm saying that women's – Healthcare is absolutely piss poor and that needs to change. And I can't for the life of me grasp it because to me, women's healthcare, if you look at it from a business perspective, should be a huge money grab. And I don't understand why it's so poorly done and so neglected when there's a huge market for it. And, and so that sounds really selfish, but I'm, I'm kind of looking at this from like a business perspective, like a hospital would be run. So I, I just, it just, I can't grasp the fact that a business would not take that money making opportunity. And again, this sounds terrible, but, but I'm not looking at it from my perspective. I'm looking at it from, from a business lens. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to stick my foot in the ground here and say, you know, I, I'm always going to support women's healthcare to, to whatever I can support. I can, because I think it's absolute crap. And if you don't know how bad it is, talk to some people, some women around you that you trust and get a good grasp around it. Cause it, it's, it's, it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. You know, my, uh, my comments on this is obviously I'm not going to say what's right, wrong or indifferent. Um, there's only a few things I have to say in the matter and no, I get it. Um, coming from a guy's perspective, you know, we really can't tell women what to do with their body and I, and I get that, but at the same time, it does make, you know, it does take two people to make a baby. Um, the unfortunate part is there are certain, uh, certain, certain circumstances where, you know, a woman could choose to have an abortion and, you know, the man wants to have the baby and he has no say. But then on the turnabout of it, if the woman wants to have the baby and the man does not, he still has to pay child support for 18 years. Um, and so I, I get what you're saying about women's health care. By all means, women's health care needs to be improved. And I 100% understand that, fully support that. But when it comes to this abortion thing, I think it's 
I think it's right in certain circumstances, you know, like obviously, you know, if baby and or mom and or whatever is going to be in a very dangerous situation for either one of them, I completely understand. Um, it makes sense. You know, you have to choose between your life, your kid's life, whatever. I get that. Um, but what I what I don't like about the abortion thing is that there's so many people that have so many abortions just because, oh, it was another mistake. Let me just go do this. Oh, it was another mistake. And that's not how it's supposed to be treated. Um, that's not what it's for. You know, I, I understand mistakes do happen or accidents do happen. Um, but it's not meant to just be like, oh, I made a mistake today, so I'll do this, you know, or something like that. Um, again, I'm not going to say it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but at the same time, if a woman can choose to terminate, a man can choose to not be involved completely, um, and that's how it should be. If we're going to be one-sided one way or one-sided the other way, it's not going to work. It needs to be, at the beginning, um, once conception is made, you know, it needs to be choose. It needs to be, you know, a choice needs to be made between both parties. And the unfortunate part is, you know, if the guy wants it, he has no say really in what happens because the woman could choose to terminate it. And, you know, it it's not his choice. Like he can't do anything about it. Whereas if a woman wants to have it, the guy can always step away and the woman can still have it, you know. So the, the abortion is kind of finicky topic when you get into it but at the end of the day we need to make it so that way it's going to work evenly on both scales which it's never going to be even because when comes down to it if the guy wants to have the kid and the woman doesn't he's not going to win in any sort of way but if the woman wants to have the kid um if she can get an abortion then he should be able to be like look i don't want it i'm not involved and not have to pee and not have to pay anything for that kid's life i mean one can just leave it behind the other one can't so i'm not saying anything about abortions being right or wrong i'm just saying it has to be fair on both scales um it has to be fair both ways for both parties which like i said again it's not really going to be because in one circumstance if you know the male or the father wants to keep the kid and the mother does not, then he doesn't have a choice um, in that aspect. But yeah. again, we have, to, we have to try and make this as fair as possible. But when it comes to women's health care in general, it should be better. I mean, everybody's health care should be good. There shouldn't be, you know, a lack in that at all. I mean, unfortunately, you do have to kind of look at it as a business side. It is a, yeah. a money pit. It's a money grab. And like some things we look into and we could say it's a conspiracy theory, but I mean, without, you know, if we have great health care, then hospitals aren't making money. So at the same time, it's like a win negative at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? It's a win loss. So it just needs to be better all around. But I don't know. I don't know enough in the medical field to be able to change that or have a comment on that. I just think everybody's health care needs to be better in general. Yeah, I want to I want to touch back on that. But I think the thing that I gathered from uh both what I said and what you said is like, it's not, it's not that, you know, it's right or wrong. It's that it's, it's not up to us. It's not up to anyone, but those, the parties involved to decide. 
you know, who, who's this, who's the government to say that they know better? Who am I to, to say that if, you know, if I, we actually just had this with, uh, with my sister-in-law, to be honest with you, who am I to say if, if it's better for her or not to have kept the baby? That's not my decision. And that's my, that's my whole point about this is like, if you're not the ones involved, it's, it's not your say. And I think to, to take that out of the hands of the people involved is completely wrong to take it out. And some of these states that are, are making it illegal, they're making it illegal in cases that you can't get one, even if it's incestual, if it's rape, if it is some of them, some of them are, are more lenient, but some of them it is, you know, if the baby has a 99.9% chance that it is not going to survive birth based off of early scans. Nope. You still got to have the baby. Even if it's, if it is, there's nothing there. And I, I don't want to get into exact because I will explain it wrong, but there are, there are instances where the baby can, it, it will not s- survive birth or it will be, it is already, non-surviving and the mother will still have to carry to term and then deliver a stillborn baby like that those are instances where it is it's completely wrong you're making a woman wreck her body for what is effectively nothing like these are the instances we're talking about so you know you can get into the morality of things but don't be throwing your religion into it because you might say, oh, well, the Bible, well, guess what? Not everybody's Christian. Not everybody follows the same religion and has the same I- ideals as you. And so that's where I think that this is this is where it really gets it. I can sit here and say, hey, I think it's wrong. But the people over there, I'm going to, I'm going to stay out of their business because their business is their business. And I'm going to love them the same no matter their choices. That is, is a very possible thing. It is not for me to get into anyone else's business. It's not for anybody to get into anybody else's business in that regard. And if you really care about the, the baby surviving that much, well, then, you know, step up and let's see you really start helping these babies that are being born, you know, into these poor situations, getting put into foster homes, um, you know, right now, be, not being able to have baby formula. Let's see you get more involved. If you really care that much about the babies, I want to see you care about it after they are birthed, because that is where the huge disconnect I'm seeing here is. It's like you care about them and before they're born, but after they're born, no one gives a crap. You know, so so I again, I'm, I'm sticking my my flag in the sand here because. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think it's the right way to go. And I think it is, it's a step backwards for the United States, but, uh, just based off of the initial reactions I see from a lot of people, I, I don't see how this Roe v. Wade being overturned is going to stand. I think it'll at least be put out there where it's, you know, it's, it's more, it, you will have better access to it, at least to what it was before being overturned i just i just can't see how it stays it's way too unpopular for it to stay i in my opinion either that or yeah. everyone's gonna leave those states that that uh agree with it you know and if you're yeah, against well, abortion hey i'm still like i still i i that is your choice i'm totally not trying to change your mind i'm just saying it's not your business to make decisions 
for someone else. And, and when it comes down to it, and this is this is where I leave it. When it comes down to it, you know, I think in certain situations, much like what you said, rape, incest, whatever stuff like that. Um, if the baby has a high mortality rate, or even if the mother has a high mortality rate, yes, going through birth, um, in those situations, I completely understand. You know, that should be, you know, an an instance where it it needs to happen, or it should be their choice to have it happen. Where on the flip side is, this shouldn't be used for a tool. I mean, we yeah. we are, you know, we should be all grown adults, and we should be able to make choices. They make. You know, I'm not saying women have to be on birth control or anything like that or or men have to be on birth control. What I'm saying is they make certain circumstances for this and they're called condoms. Granted, there are accidents that do happen. But if you're going to take this risk, it's what you have to deal with. Um, You have to go into it understanding that, like, I know, again, accidents do happen and that wasn't your intention. But when you both sign up to take the risk to have a night of fun. You both signed up to take the risk, and that's where it comes down to it. Um, back in the day, you know, obviously we've evolved a lot because back in the day, sex wasn't just used for, you know, fun and games, which it is now. I mean, it, it's really, really taken a turn for from where it used to be to where it is now. So when you uh, when you sign up to have that fun night, you make that choice. Um, there's plenty of preventative measures. You just have to take that action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, in certain situations, I completely understand it. I'm all for it. But I'm not for the person who's gotten seven of them or eight of them because they they just want to go out and have fun. And they're like, oh, just another one. Chalk that on the belt. You know what I mean? That Yeah. That's, a, that's an abuse of something that shouldn't need to happen. I understand it's your choice. And, you know, you should have the right to make that decision. But you also shouldn't. You yeah. know, be well, in that situation that many times. It it's there for a specific tool to use when you need to. Yeah, and and I, I you know I feel I feel a lot the same way, but at the end of the day, unfortunately, that's just kind of one of those because those instances I don't think that they're super like I think they're pretty rare. Um, and so they're, I, it's just kind of one of those deals where you like you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with uh, you're gonna have to deal with your conscience at some point in time. And you're going to have to deal with, with, with whatever creator that you, you know, subscribe yourself to at some point in time, that's going to be on you later on. So, but, um, I did yeah. want to, I wanted to pitch back in on the, the healthcare thing. So first, like, Hey, Hey, number one, if it, I, I'm, a, I'm, I understand that, like, look, a lot of people to, to go down the free route. If, if access to, contraceptives i mean condoms are super cheap but you know if access to these contraceptives was a little bit easier it could go a long way uh if it wasn't so demonized and it's gotten better it it really has gotten better but you know just i think you know when you're 16 you you're told but you don't have the education you don't know how to handle those things and even if you're signing yourself up for one night i mean 16 year olds do a lot of stupid crap you know just throwing a thing out there so it's there's things we can do on the forefront to make that better i think um but 
it, in in general, it kind of putting the onus on yourself for your own health care. You know, you, you said that we both said, you know, health care should be better. But, you know, talking about the uh, the state of America, as you and I have many of times, why should why should health care be cheaper? Really, like just being completely honest, we as a nation are fat. We are extremely overweight. I think that the numbers over it's it's definitely over 50 percent that are overweight or maybe even obese now. So if we're putting ourselves in these poor health conditions, why should healthcare be cheaper? I'm like, what are we doing to drive that number down? If we're just creating our own health problems by not being healthy in general, why should the why should anyone, you know, provide the free healthcare? Why should the price go down if it's like there, there's a huge market for it? I, I don't understand how people can say it should be free and then stuff their faces with cheeseburgers every single day, expecting it like, well, you know, yeah, then you're obviously creating the problem <laughs> in the first place. And there's actually been studies to show if people took better care of themselves, healthcare costs would, in theory, go down. Yeah, well, and the way you have to look at it, though, is that not everybody is the same on a financial level. And, you know, someone who takes care of their body could be in a poor category and the rich people might, you know, not take care of their body and not have to worry about it. So, like, I don't think it should be free by no means because well, it's I mean, not free. It's like we'll be right. very clear. It's never free. Right. So it's coming it's from just, somewhere. Right. It's coming from somewhere. And that's just it. I mean, like and like you said, the instance about, you know, the government stepping in and making choices for people. Well, I mean, the government shut down a huge baby formula factory. And look, now we have a baby formula shortage. So, like, you know. It just kind of we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot, and yeah. the government needs to stay out of a lot of that stuff. But they're involved in it, so it's just. I, I'm 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 always one, for the most part, I'm always one that I think the government should stay out of most things. Um, I think you know schooling is one thing that I kind of pinpoint all the time. Like, obviously, the government's in in charge of your basic kindergarten through twelve. 12th grade and the school system over time has gotten completely crappy because the government keeps interfering, interfering, interfering. So it's, I mean, like to me, why should we want the government to get more involved with healthcare, to get more involved with, you know, schooling and like trying to provide the free schooling that people say, why should they get more involved? It just lowers the bar because they try to cut cost, but in effectively it ends up raising the cost. Like it's, it's terrible, but back to the healthcare, it's like, uh, you know, I know no, not everyone's on the same level, but we are, as a nation, we overconsume. we eat highly processed foods. Like, even if it's incremental, you can probably do better. You know, just a, as a whole, you can eat, just if you're overeating, eat a little less. Even if it's highly processed because it's all you can afford, just eat a little less. And when, yeah. you, when you can, if you get to a point where you can afford just a little bit better, you know, great, eat you know, trade in some of those Oreos for apples. Like we talked about before, you know, it's even if it's incremental, we can do a little bit better and just a little bit better, especially a little bit better over this month and a little bit better over next month. The trajectory 
starts to increase rapidly with incremental gains. So it, the onus, if you really care about the, the state of healthcare and how expensive it is, it's got to be put back on the populace to do better or it'll never be fixed. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what's it. If we don't start doing better ourselves, just in general, as a population in the United States, if we don't do better in, in everything, not, not just, you know, with eating, but just in, in general with fitness and, you know, I, I would say even intelligence. Yeah. Um, Cause common sense seems to be something that has flown out the window. Um, we're instead of us being yeah. leaders, we're all followers now. And we just want to listen to what the other person says, or we don't listen. Um, we can't also agree to disagree. So, yeah, you know, if we would all just do better in general, I think we could make well, a lot of changes. To the point, everything gets so divisive these days. You're either on this side or you're on that side. And yeah. it's like and it's, when, when you become your own individual person is when you can start like looking at two sides and you can kind of float somewhere in the middle or you can say, well, in this case or this case, or th I think one instance is, you know, we were texting a little bit this morning. Um, Jordan sent me a, a, in a TikTok about a guy talking about, it was a Ted talk about how basically electric cars, electric cars are not more efficient than uh, combustion cars at a overall life from production all the way to being on the showroom floor to the life of the car they're not not necessarily more efficient because of the production how how producing them creates so much co2 so it's like you have a lot of people in the 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 gas powered car camp and a lot of people in the electric powered car camp and it's it's kind of like well from a standpoint i mean just looking at what me and jordan we we are extremely supportive of conservation of oceanic life and sharks and and all those animals and it's from a standpoint, it's if someone came to you and said, hey, I have a way that we could cut down on all this pollution that is damaging the ocean. And all it is is, hey, we're going to we're going to develop. We're not there. We don't have the technology yet, but we're going to develop cleaner burning cars. Would you not just like w w that would just be to me, it's like basic. It's a basic. Yes. Like, oh, this can do better for the environment that we say we care about so much. Yeah sign me up but we know we're not there yet but we got to develop it so why do you have to be in one camp or the other and you can't just be like oh okay well this is the future this is the way we need to go so we need to push towards this way i i don't i don't see why people have to be on one side or the other it makes no sense right and and that's where it's come to the point where like the reason why i sent that was because i thought it was pretty interesting you know what i mean no, it is. like it, it had it, like, it had nothing to do with, you know, I think electric cars are stupid or I think gas cars are stupid or anything like that. But like you said, if we have a chance to make things more efficient and better for the world in general, why, why wouldn't you want to take that, you know, that leap? I mean, like you said, we're just not there ready for it in technology yet. And we're already trying to make moves to stuff that we don't have the advancement for yet and the problem is going to be when we get to advancement i mean it's like with our phones we wanted more now we have more and we just still want more i mean we're so greedy we can't just live with what we have um we, we can't sit in that like you know hey i'm just happy what i have and i'm, I'm yeah. good with that but 
we we keep pressing to get better and that's how you find ways to make things more efficient and yeah. make them better i mean because you're using a gas powered motor in these oceans i mean yeah it's you know the water cycling through but we've all seen the little gas lines that you know the motors leave and we know that's not very effective but at the same time we're creating all the CO2, but what are we doing? We're going through and we're cutting down forests. We're cutting down trees. We're cutting down woods mm-hmm. that we're just putting warehouses at that no one's occupying. They're just building them there for when somebody wants them. And trees are the thing that fix CO2. But the more we remove them, the, the more we shoot ourselves in the foot. So, like, it, we, we do it to ourselves and then yeah. we we – complain about it and then we fight over it for no reason yeah. so and it, the, the, the really stupid thing i think about it is right now is because like the whole the whole divisiveness with around the gas powered car debate is is it seems to be a lot of democrat versus republican and it's like this isn't the red versus blue issue this is a environmental issue that it doesn't matter what side you're on you can justify thinking for yourself about it you know, right. even if you're like, man, I really like gas powered cars and I like the power they create and everything. I get that. But looking at it from your like, you don't have to join that side just because that's what the side you affiliate with. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Think for yourself. Think about the res- end result and where it can go. And that's how you should be making your decision. So I, I don't know. It just doesn't make it. I'm starting to get a little heated about this because all these kind of things, I'm just like, just like, just stop taking sides because of who told you to take what side. It's kind of dumb. Exactly. I mean, it's that, that's how it's, that's how it is for everything. You're either red or blue or you're for or against. There's no like, you know, I see your point. Your point makes a lot of sense, but I have a lot of valid points on my side and we'll just agree to disagree and we can just meet in the middle and, yeah, you know, like there's been so many things in the last couple of years that I've just lost friends because they just don't agree with what I say or they don't like, you know, something I post on Facebook and they just block me because they can't live with the fact that I don't agree with what they feel. So, you know, and if they're going to be like that, they don't need to, to be your friend. You know, they don't need yeah. to be an acquaintance to you, but the, the, the world we're in right now, I mean, we could we could beat this till we're blue in the face. Uh, just do yourself a favor and just do better as a, as a person for yourself. Stop worrying about everybody else and just do better as a person as yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was a, our longest fit tip ever. It was kind of a wide stroke there, but uh, so Jordan, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you hit some dirt news up. All right. Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to touch on the following uh, the end of speed week for Ohio. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but at the end of last week, I said that, you know, the all stars were at (laughs) I think it's Lima land, but I called it Lima land. Um, So I'm going to keep calling it Lima land. Um, And Danny Dietrich ended up picking up the win there. So P.A. Posse went out there and picked up a win. And then they were at Portsmouth. Uh, last Saturday, which was their uh, week finale race. And Brett Marks, another Pennsylvania posse driver, went out there and he picked up the win there. But doing the total points-wise, it is an all-star all-star sanctioned uh, speed week. And Justin Peck picked up the 
uh, Speed Week Point Championship. So he's your All-Stars Ohio Speed Week champion. Um, and he's come down to Pennsylvania. He's going to try and take the Speed Week title from here. Um, I'll give you more on that next week because I want to touch on more of the shows all at the same time. So I'm not going to tell you about the past two nights. Um, but when I do, it's going to sound kind of repetitive. Just throwing that out there. But we'll jump to Lincoln Speedway from last week. And this is going to sound repetitive as well. So Chase Deeds picked up the win at Lincoln Speedway last week. And uh, the night before that, they were at Williams Grove. And Chase Deeds won there too. Um, so he seems to be hitting his form right now, which is good for him. Got a lot of uh, what they like to call the month of money starting in July and August. So it's going to be... You know, this is the time you want to hit your stride, get your speed up, and maintain it. Um, we'll jump to Port from last Saturday. And, I mean, I, I think you guys are getting pretty familiar with this name, but um, a kid named Anthony Macri picked up the win there. Um, he's Never heard of his, him. His, his name's uh, popping up a lot here lately. You know, he's <laughs> uh, maybe the – uh, I don't know how you say it. The winningest sprint car driver in the country right now. So he's, uh, I think he's at 14 or something like that feature wins. But yeah, you might hear his name coming up, you know, in a week or two or so. We'll see how PA Speed Week goes. But uh, he's still one of the hottest drivers and he's been a hot driver this year. So we'll see what happens. But we'll go to what they call Hussett's Speedway. And that's where the World of Outlaws are. They're running the High Bank Nationals this week. So I'm only going to touch on the warm-up show because I want to hit you with the High Bank Nationals all at once. Um, it's a three-night show, but they run four nights there because they do a warm-up. And the warm-up at uh, Houston's, uh Spencer Basin went out there and he picked up his, I think it was his second win of the year. So it's good to see him do that. Um, Houston's is actually one of my favorite tracks. It's very high-banked. And it's a bull ring. So it's a very fast track. I think um, I think Sheldon set a new track record there, like 10-second lap or something like that. So, I mean, it's really fast, a lot of high speeds, a lot of grip, and there's multiple lines. You can run top, bottom, middle. So it's uh, kind of like a Lincoln Speedway, but it has more banking to it. So I guess you can compare it to like a Bristol or an Eldora, but Eldora is bigger. So – it's actually smaller than that. So it's it's pretty cool to watch them whip around there. It's a fun track. It's a fast track. One of my personal favorites. But other than that, guys, the uh, Elijah Memorial race is coming up in September. Um, don't forget it. Make sure you guys start marking it on your calendars. Get prepared for it because it's coming up fast. Um, we're starting July in a week. Um, and <clears throat> that brings me to the other point that um, – Coming up in, not this Monday, but the following Monday is going to be the one year. I don't want to call it an anniversary because it's not something to, you know, be positive about. But it's going to be the one year since that night, that tragic night happened. So I just wanted to bring that to you guys' attention. Um, so probably in about a week or so, I'm going to be pretty, very somber. Um, not going to be in a too great a mood just knowing what happened a year ago. I mean, it feels like it's been forever since it happened. Um, but I'm sure to some people it's felt like it was yesterday. So yeah. um, just remember to keep, you know, the Hawkins family in your prayers because 
this is going to be a tough time coming up here. Uh, the 4th of July is supposed to be celebrated and, you know, happy and excited. And it's just, it's not going to be the same for me or the Hawkins family or anybody associated with that from here on out. It's going to be some sort of a, a tough day. We'll put it that way. But that, that's all I got for the dirt news. Really? You left one out. We'll, 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 we'll get to it. Um, so obviously there was no cup. There's no Xfinity last week, but, uh, SRX ran, uh, they were in Pensacola, Florida, home of the snowball derby. Uh, been there a few times. That was a, that to me looked like a fun race, but it looked like a bunch of old guys that, um, couldn't take the heat. Literally <laughs> uh, looked like a lot of guys were starting to fall out of the seat there near the end. Um, but it, it's a good race and good broadcasting, good coverage, Alan Beswick is one of the best. Um, and I, I thought it was funny because he called the top five at one point at the end of the, the second heat. And Elio Castroneves won, who Elio's a you know an older driver, but he's still very fit. So he kind of um ultimately stayed strong throughout. And I think that, that contributed to him winning. But um when they called it after heat two, it was Elio had won, but then it was like Michael Waltrip, Ryan Newman. Bill Elliott and uh, it was one of uh, Bobby Labonte. And I was just like, what year is it? Just because like all of those, none of those guys have been in NASCAR and, you know, other than Newman, a lot of those guys have been out of the sport for, I mean, Bill Elliott's almost been out of the sport full time for 20 years. So it's, it's some of these guys have been out of it for a long, long time. So it's just, it was kind of just a blast from the past hearing those names again. But I thought it was really good. Uh, did you catch the SRX race? Um, I did not. Um, I was at a bachelor party last Saturday, so I did not make either one of the races. I picked up the truck uh, race probably about three-quarters of the way through. But it might have been a rerun. I don't know if it was live or not. Well, let me ask you, uh, from what you saw, because I thought, like I said, the SRX race was good. Elio Castroneves goes on to win. I kind of looked like him and Kanan were going to take one, two there for a while, but Kanan fell off there at the end. Um, I think he used up his tires too quickly. And Bubba Pollard came through and, and r- really had a good shot at, uh, at winning that and stealing that as the, uh, the track local. But tell me your thoughts on the little bit you saw from Knoxville. Well, I was glad to see it wasn't around the bottom father leader, but if it's not around the bottom father leader, it made it around the top father leader. Um, you couldn't you couldn't hang on the bottom. I mean, you could run a quarter on the bottom and or, or a corner or maybe two on the bottom and try and keep pace, and then the outside line would prevail. Um, it just – Knoxville is not good for the trucks. I just – I don't like it. Um, that berm they also had on the inside was very vicious. It's, uh, it's usually I mean, found out. Yeah, I, I usually it's high, um, and a lot of the sprint car guys in the Knoxville Nationals actually use that banking to turn. Um, so they use it to their advantage. Uh, I thought it was a little high for the truck race, <laughs> but uh, you know because. The fenders and stuff get ripped off or dig in there. And, you know, like you said, as Jessica Friesen found out, you go for a heck of a ride. Um, but 
I, I guess it wasn't a terrible race, but it was a wreck fest again. Um, from what yeah. I was seeing. So uh, again, I don't, I don't think the trucks need to be on Knoxville. I n- think they need to be at Eldora or a high bank track with dirt on it, um, because you just can't get two lines. You yeah. can't, you can't race. It's not very racy. It's dive bombing in the corner and hope it sticks. And if it doesn't, yeah. well, you know, eight wheels are better than four. My biggest concern was with it was that the stands looked empty. And, you know, every time we go Very. to outdoor, it's packed. So I, I, it was, it was better than it was last year. It just wasn't, gr- it wasn't great. It was good, not great. So we, we've made more progress with Bristol than Knoxville. We made a lot of progress there. We ran for several years at Eldora. So it's, you know, we still have a lot of catching up to do, but um, it just was, it was okay. It so, needs to uh, go back. It needs to go back I, to Eldora. Or it needs to go somewhere else. I, I just, I, that's a long way to go t- for some, a product that's not. You that know, yeah. you know, I, I was, <laughs> I would say there's a track that they should go to. It's in Missouri. Uh, it's in Peebley, Missouri. Uh, and if you watch Kenny Wallace, you might know a little bit about this track. It's called I-55. I've heard of it. That would be fun to watch the trucks on. It's a natural dirt track. If they don't want to go back to Eldora, I fifty five would be probably my second. Well, I think I think if if they're not going to go back to Eldora, I, just just go over to Charlotte, run on the dirt track. It's going to save flat. the teams a lot of money. <laughs> it's too flat. They don't have a lot of banking. Well, I get that, but you're already doing that at Knoxville. So why drive halfway True. across the nation to 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 do that? Just just you have one in your backyard. Right, that's, and if, that's it, true. if we're experimenting, I, just experiment, just whatever, go do it, you know. Right, I, I mean, like I said, my, my two will be I 55 and Eldora. I know the Eldora thing with Tony Stewart, and you know, I'd much rather him go back there, especially if, if you actually see, which a lot of people probably don't if you're not a dirt race fan, but if you look at when he has a big event there, like the, um, late model million when they had that race there, the Eldora million, or when they had the 100 that comes back there late in the year, or when you have the Kings Royal there. Um, and when they used to have the trucks there, Tony Stewart is there himself, not just yep. as an owner of the track. He's there on the track, testing the dirt, making sure they have the best surface possible. And that's something that you don't get from a lot of dirt tracks. I mean, they try and keep up with the service and they try and make it the best surface it can be. But I mean, Tony Stewart could sit up in a suite and just be like, Oh yeah, it's another day at my track, but that's not what he does. He's down on there. He's driving the tractors. He tries to make the best racing surface. And I got to tell you, they're one of the better racing surfaces around. So yeah, it, it needs to go either back to Eldora or I 55, I think would be, Crazy because I fifty five or Houston's they could go to Houston's but uh, <laughs> that's a uh, I think Houston's is in South Dakota or somewhere out there, um, so that also be a pretty good track. But they're high bank, they're short tracks, and you can run top, bottom, middle, and I think it'd be awesome to see those guys on there. So I I want to while we're talking about Tony Stewart, I wanted to throw this out there. Um, 
just because I, I had a lot of fun with this. I've seen a lot of guys, a lot of people on Facebook complaining because uh, practice for Nashville was last night, and I was seeing people complaining because Harvick was running in the 20s again. And people are like, this is ridiculous. This is crap. Tony needs to – Tony focuses too much on his drag car and his uh, his sprint team, and he's not – he needs to be at the shop more and focus more on his cup team. And I just started getting getting into this with some people just because I thought it was fun. It was it – was, I wasn't actually trying to get into it with them. I was just having some fun. But I'm like, what, what do you think – like, what do you exactly – do you want him to come in and, like, assemble the cars? Do you want him to – run some CAD and engineer some part. Like, I don't know what you're expecting him to do by being there more. Um, then I had somebody argue with me that, that Tony's the owner, not Gene Haas. And, uh, but like people are like, I bet you the sponsors are getting really ticked off at how they're running and he needs to, to be more involved. I'm like, Hey, uh, have you noticed that Mahindra and rush truck centers are on everything that he has? That's that's kind of a big deal because he's in good with these partners and brings in money to all three of his programs. Like that's that's kind of what like what better resource than bringing in partnerships like that? I like what do you want? I mean, what do you how do you say it? Min Minherda or Mahindra? Mahindra. Um, so let me just throw this out there. Uh, What do people think the tractors are that he's using at Eldora's? I'm gonna. I guess you're gonna say Mahindra. Yeah, I would say that. Um, what is what does Chase Briscoe run? He runs a late model. He runs a sprint car. He runs a Cup car. And what sponsors on all of them? Mahindra. Yeah, there you go. So I'm pretty sure they're not frustrated with what's going on. Yeah, this the, the, all of that. Like Tony does a lot with our partners and keeping the you know keeping the partners invested. And so that's kind of like his role with this, this whole thing. He's not going to be in there and like in running the day to day. He's not that, you know, not that he's not business savvy because he is, but he has people in place that are far more qualified than he is. So it's, it's just hilarious hearing some of these people. And I kind of, I really shut some people up about it because they were arguing with me and I'm like, I didn't pull the, I work there card, but I get, I put a lot of information that I knew on there that it was just like, if you just, read it into it you'd know so yeah. I, I just thought that was funny i mean let, let's be real he doesn't have i mean he has a nascar team he has a, a drag team he owns a dirt track he owns a dirt car i mean the guy owns a lot of stuff he can't be everywhere at one time yeah he has people and engineers in place to do all that stuff and sure if it's struggling <laughs> I guarantee you Tony Stewart's one of the first people that's there to say, okay, we're struggling. What do we need to do to fix it? So I highly, highly doubt that they're struggling because Tony Stewart's doing more with his drag. I think he's involved on all aspects. I'm sure he's at every team meeting. He has the money to fly back and forth to be where he needs to be at the particular time. So for someone to tell me that he's not putting enough effort into it, it, it's just it's hogwash <clears throat> making a rescue trip right now and getting zacky it sounds like it i, I hear him hey buddy i hear him <laughs> little balling right there sounds yep. like uh sounds like he's heard too much from kyle bush well, kyle's a little upset because he uh wrecked in qualifying 
Yeah. You know, I have to say, since, since we're talking about, you know, Kyle Busch right now, since I brought him up, I normally don't want him to win, but him having those uh, adopt me pets on the side of his car really makes me feel like I hope that car runs good. Yeah, I was not sure that uh, – because it's part of the pedigree deal, right? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah, I was wondering uh, if that was still part of the the package because I hadn't seen it in a while. I mean, I got to say, I'm really proud um, of Alex Bowman. And, I mean, I, I mean, it might be pedigree that's doing it, but Alex Bowman for bringing in, you know, the sponsor that he did that – puts a lot of light on the animals, adopting animals and stuff like that. That makes me happy. And then the one that, uh, like with Kyle Busch now putting them on there with pedigree, you know, the adopt me animals, you know, I think that's where we really need to get, you know, not necessarily a sponsorship, but they need to be on the car with, you know, uh, getting out there for more people to see especially with the thing that's going on with the puppy mill situation up in Pennsylvania. I don't know if you've heard that. No, um, I haven't. But there was, there's a case where um, in one of the puppy mills, a German shepherd had like 150 puppies in like a two and a half year span. Um, so they're trying to eliminate the puppy mill or do something with the puppy mills, but there's so many dogs up at the SPCA that are, for adoption and I just don't have a big enough area to put them all. Yeah. So I think it's great that they're putting them on the national stage on TV for people to see. That's a pretty cool deal. Well, speaking of Nashville, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but um, the other series that was racing last weekend was F1. Uh, Max Verstappen goes out and sets on the pole and wins the race. Uh, it was a little bit of a wet qualifying session, and the Haas guys went five and six, best qualifying effort as a group um, ever. And then, but then it and then, didn't turn out. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, they raced on Sunday. Yeah, for, it was from pretty much from the beginning. It was uh, it was a bad deal. It was Hamilton again going after Magnuson. When's Magnuson going to do something back? Oh, hopefully. Uh, in Silverstone, you take him out in his home race, that would be uh, pretty epic. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it just drove me nuts. They're like, oh, Magnuson didn't give him room. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, the Ferraris, actually, the Ferraris actually showed some speed. Uh, Leclerc, obviously, he had to come from the back, so he was already in a hole. But science really had the pace on Max there at the end. I, I mean, it's hard pressed to say that Max was just managing the gap when uh, Science was that close, but um, you know Science showing a little bit of life, showing that you know he still belongs up there. But uh, ultimately, you know Sergio had a bad weekend. Uh, qualifying went bad, then the race went bad. But Red Bull still very much in control. Um, the other thing that was uh, kind of interesting this weekend was the uh, the Mercedes showed some life. But even still, George Russell is regularly beating Lewis Hamilton. Uh, we keep talking about it, how Lewis kind of seems like he's the second car this year, and it just keeps – the trend keeps going that way. Yeah, that's what – I mean, that's what it seemed like, but it also Actually, seemed like – and and I'm just kind of throwing this out there. I think Mercedes 
made a strategy for Lewis to beat Russell this week. Yeah, I had that. I had that wrong. Lewis beat George this week. I had that backwards. Lewis beat George this week, but it they they did did give Lewis the uh, preferred strategy. Um, George was kind of left out on an island with uh, from running long, I believe, is what it was. And so, he still but George almost ran Hamilton down. Yeah, he still he was right there still. So, um, you know, Lu- I think Lewis definitely needed that. Uh, podium to kind of build some momentum back, but uh, you know, it, they're still just not there with the the, but, the top two guys. The top I was two say, let, manufacturers. Let, let, let's be real: if Perez doesn't drop out and if Leclerc doesn't start in the back, I mean, Hamilton doesn't yeah. get a podium. Yeah, <laughs> but that's hey, that's been Mercedes mo all year. They they will get a podium if you know two out of those four fall out. But if they don't, odds are they're not going to be there. One of them will get a top five in fifth and that's about it. So, you know, but this is the point in the year last year where we were kind of like, okay, well, Max kind of has the commanding thing. He's going to run away with this. And then we all know what happened at Silverstone. I'm not saying that's going to happen again this year, but um, this was really the turning point when, when Lewis was able to, to get back in the thing. So uh, Max has won at Silverstone before, but this has really been Lewis's stomping ground. So I think if Lewis is able to get a win this year, you, you'd have to lend it. The favorite place for him to win would be at his home Grand Prix. You know, the, the thing I was impressed with, with the Canadian Grand Prix from Max was that, even though Sainz was there and was fast and was definitely faster than Max, there's no doubt in my mind he was faster. And they were saying the Red Bull has a lot of straightaway speed, which it clearly does. Yeah. But the part that I was impressed with is that Sainz could pull up to be like five tenths behind him and Max would go through the whole course and strengthen out his lead. And he would just manage it down that one straightaway is all he had to worry about. And, you know, before before last year, like where he had his battle with Lewis, um, you could tell that Max would make a lot of dumb mistakes just trying to push so hard. and Trying to yet, compensate. Yeah, and I will say this year you could see that he, like, he's just calm, cool, and collected. It, it's like, that fight with Max and him winning the championship, it's like, I don't know if it took a monkey off his back or something, but you can just tell it's a different Max. He he didn't sputter one time with Carlos right behind him. He had no issues. He just went for a Sunday drive, and science was trying so hard that he actually ended up messing up himself, which is yep. what we're used to seeing Max do. And... Max just looked like the more mature driver and ran away with it. And I was, I was impressed to see him defend, like hold him off for as long as he did, because I mean, he was on older tires. Ferrari played the strategy. Perfect. I mean, it fell right into their lap. They played it perfect and they got him out there with fresher tires. And he, all he could do was hang with Max. He couldn't pass him. Yep. Yep. So like we said that they're uh, making the transition, they're going back to the UK for Silverstone, the British Grand Prix. So uh, 
but they're off this weekend. We're going to move into Nashville. So Nashville, Jordan, we had this conversation last year about it. I wasn't a fan. They took a race from my, one of my favorite races, Dover to, you know, put this one on the schedule and it ended up being a good race. It ended up being pretty good. It was one of the better, uh, you know, mid size races of the years, mid size tracks on the year because it kind of runs more like a short track. It's only a mile and a third, I believe, or mile and a quarter. Um, so it ended up pretty, producing really good racing. Uh, we'll have to see how the next, the next gen package runs on it. Uh, will it be like a Texas or, you know, f- kind of fall into like that Richmond kind of boring ish race, or will it be entertaining? Like a lot of races have been this year. Uh, we already, like we said, Kyle Bush spun out in practice. So, you know, maybe we'll see some, uh, d- guys just kind of losing it. Um, but, uh, I can tell you as good as the race was there last year, I'm still not a fan of the area because <laughs> I still hear it kind of just looks like, looks like it's in a quarry. Um, it's, it's just not very nice looking around the racetrack. It was never one of my favorites to go when they took it off the schedule. I was super happy about it actually, that I'd never have to go to this place again. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see how how if uh, last year's results can back up on this next gen package. Yeah, I actually think this race is going to end up being a lot like uh, Dover. Um, we had a really good race at Dover on the concrete surface, so we know kind of how the tires are going to respond. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a Texas bus because it's not designed the same way as Texas is. And every mile and a half has been great this year. And this is just under a mile, but I feel like it falls in the category of Dover. So I think we're going to have a, a good race, you know, tomorrow. I think, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I think, I think the bet shouldn't be this weekend. We shouldn't pick drivers. I think that we should uh, bet on how many times they say it's hard to pass. <laughs> You see here um, every week. It was hard to pass in the Xfinity race. It was hard to pass the truck race yesterday. It's it's always hard to pass. It's going to be hard to pass. Uh, do you want to yeah. under or over 100 times? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was over 100. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty close. So, But, uh, Jordan, we're going to go ahead with the pick. So who's your pick for this weekend? So... I'm going to go out on a limb. I haven't watched practice. I haven't watched qualifying. I have no idea where anybody starts, but I'm going to throw you off for a loop and I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's, that's not who I was expecting you to pick. I figured, but define why you're picking Harvick. Because, well, there's, there's a couple reasons. One, because he has been struggling but he's also been decent. He's running decent while he's struggling. And I don't necessarily know if he's going to win, but I think he's going to put, I think it's the the time in the year where Harvick starts coming to the top. And I think he needs a good run. I think having this off week and the good run he had at uh, Sonoma that was going until the pit woes that happened. I think they continue that. And I think, they uh, they run up towards the front. I think the way the whatever they did with the Fords in the Aero test or whatever they did, I think it changed a lot. So I, I think that's the reason why 
Harvick's going to be up front. I think he might not start there, but I think he'll methodically work his way up there, and they don't call him the closer for no reason. Well, I can tell you, so in practice, a lot of people were really upset in the, the Stuart Haas pages that I see. Um, but the only two Fords that were up there in the top 20 were Briscoe and uh, Amarola, and I think they were like 16th and 17th. They were pretty far down. So none of the Fords were particularly great in practice, but Kevin did qualify eighth, so that's a good sign. Uh, Eric and Kevin had one of their best races right here last year because the package suited them. We were much better on the uh, the low downforce package last year, which was what we ran there. Um, so, you know, there's probably some momentum, a little bit of uh, confidence going into this race. There's a little bit of confidence based on running well at Sonoma. A little bit of confidence with the new pit crew change that they made. So, um, I like your pick, except that usually when you pick one of our guys, it always ends up being pretty ca- catastrophic. So, uh, but I'm going to throw you for a loop. I'm going to actually, I'm going to make a, take a long shot. I feel like, um, but I think the Toyotas, the Toyotas looked good in practice. Um, so I'm going to go with the McDonald's man who was fastest in practice. I'm going to pick Bubba Wallace. I'm not surprised by that. I can see it. All right. So we got uh, Nashville tomorrow. The Xfinity race and the truck race has already been run. They were actually pretty good races. Um, just, there was not a lot of carnage in either one of them. There, there was at times, but there was a lot of not finishers in the truck race. Yeah. They, they, they kind of, they were good for a little bit and then they, they kind of destroyed a bunch of stuff all in one fell swoop, <laughs> but then the, yeah. the, it was kind of the same thing with the Xfinity race. It was like a lot, there were long periods of green and then there would be a couple cautions kind of bred by another caution. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it, it might be, uh, I'm hoping it's a good race. I'm actually pulling for Nashville in this one because I think we need to go to the model of, of lots of racetracks. And if we're going to do that, you know, we might as well have Nashville on the schedule. Well, I mean, and the thing about it is, is even if it does bad, they're not going back to Dover. So. Right. Right. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, last year we were kind of praying it didn't do very good, so they might be like, ah, we'll keep it back at Dover. But No, what, the, what they'll do is they'll keep Road America on the schedule, and then they'll add the the Chicago street race on. So still yeah, not sure how I feel about that one, but I could tell you know, you Road America is pretty special one. to me, so I, I want to keep Road America on the schedule. <laughs> I can tell you how I feel about that street course. I'm did, fine with it, it if you take Texas. If, take Texas. <laughs> Listen, did anybody did anybody watch the F1 road road course races that are on streets like the normal streets? Does anybody watch the indie races that are on how, downtown like, hard streets? How, how so, there's like no passing? There's literally no passing. Yeah. Except for strategy. There's literally no passing. And but you're going so, to take a stock the car same with IndyCar when they run road courses, uh, street courses. Right, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. IndyCar F1, and then you're going to take a much heavier Cup car and expect them to pass on a street course that's really thin. I, I, I don't. I think we're wasting our time with it. I mean, it, it, at this rate, just put that on as the clash and put the uh, the Coliseum on as a real race. You yeah, know, but we could do that, and it would be a lot more interesting. 
Yeah. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, we're going to end it on that. Jordan, you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I have oh, two I'd, things. Both I do. I have. Of... Go, go, uh, go ahead. I, I forgot about a couple things, but go ahead. As I said, I do have two things. Both of them are out of Baltimore. One, um, rest in peace to Jalen Ferguson and Tony Saragusa, the goose. Um, both of them passed away the same day, 15 hours apart. It's kind of, kind of eerie. Um, I know Goose passed away in his sleep. I didn't hear anything about Ferguson. Um, so rest in peace to both of them, prayers to their family. And then the other thing is, is on a more positive note, the Baltimore Orioles, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to them. They're on a four game win streak. It's their first one since 2020. And they're uh, nipping at the heels of 500. And for Orioles fans, that's a big deal. We don't deal. normally get close to 500. Yeah, I, th- so, I, I kind of been seeing that. Uh, I get text updates when their games are over, so I've been seeing that they won a bunch in a row. So, um, yeah, I wanted to, to touch in real quick on a uh, couple signings this week. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. back to J- uh, JTG Doherty for a multi-year uh, extension. I was a little surprised by this one just because – He's been doing well. I kind of thought that he would end up getting signed by a you know a, a higher profile team, but he's going back there. And uh, another surprising one: Truex Jr. confirms he will be back for 2023 with Joe Gibbs Racing. I was surprised by this one because I thought that potentially uh, Ty Gibbs could be moved up, but it looks like Ty Gibbs might get one more year. The only other option. And I think what would happen is uh, Kyle Bush would end up being moved to the 20 so that Ty Gibbs can come into the 18. That's not the only other option. There is another option. And the other option is 2311 gets a third charter and he would go in there. I, well, yeah, as like a holder for a year, maybe that, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah. I, as like maybe a, a part-time schedule car, they, there's still possibility they could do that. A car that fits in part-time if they don't get a charter that, you know, obviously has to make the show on time, yeah. but they don't always have to do that. But you would assume unless qualifying gets rained out, you would assume a car like that should make the, the field every time. Yeah, you would think so. So, but that, that would be, um, that was my first guess would be that Ty Gibbs, they, you know, maybe 2311 for a part time, but, uh, it, my understanding of it, it would, is that Ty Gibbs will be full-time Xfinity for one more year in 2023 and then move up to cup. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what we would see. I mean, obviously the writing's on the wall, Joe Gibbs, it's just a matter of what seat he's taking. And I mean, who knows Truex is coming back for 2023, but he didn't say 2024. So he might just come back for one more year and that could be the seat that Gibbs goes into depending on sponsorship deals for, You know Kyle Bush and how that goes. Well, I I really think that that somehow some way they're going to put him in the in the eighteen. Ty Gibbs in the eighteen. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I could I, see it. Yeah, I just I, I think they'll work that out some way, shape, or form. Even if Kyle has to be moved to one of the other, they'll be like, oh, we're going to have him be sponsored by Dewalt, so he has to move to the twenty. And yeah, yeah, some something like that. So. Um, Interstate wanted to sponsor Ty, so they're going to stick with the – we're going to stick Ty in the 18. It's something like that. that. That'll be how that goes. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. Um, but I also think that if that's going to be the case, and I'm just throwing this out there, ice cold take, hot take, whatever you want to call it. Um, if that's going to be the case, Kyle Busch is not going to be at Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised, but it would definitely be their loss because he's he's their best driver. Oh, I I hand, hands down, it would definitely be a loss for them. But I think Kyle Busch is seeing the writing on the wall with, you know, Ty coming in and obviously Ty's going to get the best equipment out of everything. Um, we know that's going to happen. Not saying that Gibbs is in general, you know, a bad team because they, they all run good. But, you know, I, I think Kyle likes being the center of attention and having Ty Gibbs come in, he's not going to be that. And I think he's going to go to a different seat somewhere. Um, I don't know. I, I have speculations, um, but I think wherever he's going to fit in is going to be possibly when a new manufacturer comes in. <laughs> Still haven't heard anything about Dodge, just for all you Stuart Haas to Mopar fans. Still haven't heard anything about that. So keep dreaming. Oh, you so. know, it could be could be a reality. I just don't know how Kyle Busch would get along well, with Tony Stewart. It could be, well Dodge could come back, but uh if they come back, if they announce it today, it won't be back until, I would say, 2025 at best. At, that is at best. I think that's a little far out. Maybe 2024. Well, I think 2025 is a little far out. I, I th- they've got, they have, I mean, maybe with this next-gen car, it'd be a little bit easier, but you, th- there's you a lot of development that would have to go into it. Yeah, you don't, you don't know what a lot of people are actually developing right now that we don't know about, you know what I mean? Since this yeah. new cars come in, how many people have entered the development field to, you know, see where it could go. And I mean, Hendrick's doing that uh 24 hour or that car that's running that street course next year. Um, yep. So you never know who is going to enter development with them or, I mean, obviously Chevy's going to do that, but what other manufacturer over there is going to be like, Hmm, what can we look at? What can we start? working up could we make a, a go at nascar yep. you know so we'll we'll see i i think there is going to be more manufacturers coming in but there i could see it um a manufacturer wanting to come in and stretch their legs um kyle bush could be the driver that you would want to do that with the truck series so i, I could see it happening all right guys well enjoy the racing uh tomorrow or enjoy, i hope you enjoyed the race if you listen to this afterwards Again, uh, my pick, Bubba Wallace, and Jordan's pick is Kevin Harvick. So, um, 4th of July coming up in a week a week from now, next weekend. So, everyone be safe, and we'll be back next week to talk to you about Nashville. Don't forget uh, to get your TRX equipment using my promo code TRX, or 20TRX RACERU. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, racerroofitness.com. Jordan, check it out. Oh, it sounds like a hell of a deal. All right, I'll catch you later. All right, later, guys. Bye. Bye.